8, a talk with mom. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And if you are new here, then welcome. Welcome to Never Judge a Brook by its Cover. I'm your host, Brooke, and I'm happy that you guys are here. First, I want to say congratulations to us. We have hit 1,000 listeners. I am so pressed. I'm so excited. And I'm also so grateful to have you guys. Um, and the support is unmatched. You know, we never do it for listens. We also, we just do it for impact. And so I'm just so grateful that I'm able to impact so many lives and people are able to tell me how these podcasts have been helping them throughout their day. So let's continue. This is to a thousand more. So, you know, take a little, a little drink for me. Okay. All right, so we are now on to the selfie care portion, and I just want to say selfie care has been so good for the month of April. If you do not follow my Instagram, I'm Never Judge a Brook Pod. We are doing this selfie care challenge, me and my team, and we are encouraging people to take care of themselves. This is a 30-day challenge that you can do at any time if you want to. Um, we have a calendar just full of events like take a long walk, get a mani and pedi, get a haircut, get your hair done, um, just random things, make a playlist, listen to music. So definitely look on the podcast Instagram and participate in this self-care challenge. So with that being said, I have been doing self-care all day, honey, all week long. So for these past eight days, I have just been taking care of me. I've listened to music. I've lit lit a candle. I walked downtown DC and saw um, the monuments and things like that. So I've just been taking care of myself and I just encourage you guys to come along with the challenge and do the same. You don't have to do all 30 days, but whenever you jump in and take care of yourself, you know, that's all that matters. So definitely shout us out, show us that you're doing it. And I heard a little birdie told me that there was going to be a giveaway at the end of this month to see whoever is participating in this challenge. So, you know, you might want to just go ahead and get it on and start doing it. Um, but definitely tag us and let us know. Real life politics, real life politics. So we have now reached a real life politics segment. Um, these mass shootings have been tetrifying. I mean, it's only what month four of 2021 and there's already been about five or six mass shootings. I can't even find the exact number. Um, there was one at the grocery store, one at, um, the salon parlor, and with the hate crimes and of Asian Americans, this is really has gotten ridiculous. And I don't know, like, is it because it's getting hot outside? I don't know what the reason is, but I am definitely praying and keeping these families in prayer. Um, Joe Biden has come out with a statement about saying that Congress can do something, but they just have not done it yet. And we need to have stricter laws on these guns. I mean, anybody can go get a gun right now. And I think that's the main problem. You can't trust these people that can just walk in and get a gun. So these mass, there was also a mass shooting just last night in South Carolina. I'm praying for all of these families and friends of loved ones that are dying just due to somebody wanting to kill or um, like the police said for the parlor due to someone having a bad day. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like just keep these families and these uh, innocent victims in prayer while these mass shootings are going on. And let's, let's just pray that Congress gets a stronger head and a stronger hold of what is really going on and put some stricter laws on the guns. All right. So you have now entered into chapter eight. 
And I just want to say that this chapter is so special to me because I was very vulnerable and open with my mom and my mom was very open and vulnerable with me. And we were able to share some of our things that we have gone through as a family that we've dealt with. Of course, it's not our life story, but it's also just some memories and things that we've done. And so if you know me, then you know that I talk to my mom all the time. I always talk about my mom and I always say Emma because look honey Emma and my mom is two different people sometimes Emma is just Emma so um this is just a woman that I look up to and she's just so strong and so powerful and so today you get to hear some of her story of how she's some of the things that we've been through as a family but just some of the things that she's been through on her own and I don't know where this journey will take me into with podcasting but I do know that this will be one of my best episodes yet because I was able to talk to the woman that means so much to me so I hope you guys enjoy it I hope you guys understand that we were raw we were bare we were vulnerable um don't pity us just don't judge us okay because that's all we ask you we ask that you don't judge us because you don't know where we've been through so um this is the episode between me and my mom and of course like I'm still learning this guest thing but um we had some audio hiccups so when she is asked for her advice her whole audio just stopped recording so I don't have that recording she gave some good advice and her main points was just to keep going (laughs) I don't know if I'm doing it justice but she did give some good advice so this is a longer episode um, just because I, I didn't really want to cut it. It's just me and my mom talking. But I did want you guys to just enjoy me and my mother's dynamics and how we communicate to each other. So you're not able to hear her advice, but you can hear me like agreeing with her. Like I'll say like, like she said, but you didn't hear what she said. Um, but it's only for about two minutes and I replaced it with my audio. So hope you guys get something from this and enjoy chapter eight get your wine get your get your hot chocolate get your tea because it's about to get good all right guys welcome to never judge a brook by its cover i'm your host brooke and i'm so grateful to be here with my mom the one that i love my heart emma bennett okay and if you know me then you know that i mentioned about emma bennett 24 7 so she is the queen okay and that's period um hey mom do you got anything to say to everybody hi everyone no i said i'm not a queen i'm your queen don't you know the people love their moms just like you love your mom girl bye you you the queen not girl this conversation will be real raw uncut obviously how we come any other time um how you feeling about it um I'm feeling comfortable. I'm a little nervous because I don't know. We haven't rehearsed anything, so I don't know what you're going to ask me. But you're ready. But I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm always ready. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So we have, I just wrote down, jotted down some ideas, some questions that I wanted to just throw out there to my mom. Um, I think this is like a great way for me and my mom to sit down and talk. A lot of people love me and my mom's relationship on social media. Um, we even got big on TikTok when quarantine first started. So this is my girl and we were not always like this. Let's just make that known. Okay. But we, this, this is, I just love my mom. So a lot of people do not know, but my mom came up with the title, never judge a brook by its cover. And this started to be my graduation cap. You know, nowadays you can 
have ideas for your graduation cap. And I didn't know what I wanted. Um, and so my mom was like, never judge a book by its cover. And so I just, it now it is a podcast, you know, with a thousand listeners. Okay. Come on. But, uh, I just wanted, (laughs) I just wanted, uh, my mom to express how she came up with that name, never judge a book by its cover. Um, and that's just, you know, to start off the conversation to see how this is going to go. Okay. Me coming up with this, uh, never judge a book by its cover started when you were a little girl. I wanted to name you something that you could spell and that you could pronounce. So that's where the Brooke came from. And actually it's supposed to be Brooke Nicole. That's where you're supposed to say it, but no one does that. Everyone just calls you Brooke. Anyway, um, I just like the name, the fact that your teachers would be able to say your name and pronounce it when calling a role. And also that you would be able to say your name and spell it. And then also when I was growing up, I never met any young African-American girls named Brooke. So, and I thought the name was unique and I liked it. And also people would not know, you know, by your name. Now people are naming their children anything and everything they want to, but because Brooke Nicole Bennett, you couldn't tell. And so, and a lot of people do get judged by their names. I got a job once um, in the mayor's office in Columbia, South Carolina. And the lady said she hired me because of my name. And I was shocked, but that's what she said. She said, I could pronounce your name. She said, I got a lot of applications in. There were more people more qualified than you, but I liked your name. So I wanted to give you a name that you could, that you liked and that you could pronounce. That's it. And then when I used to hate my name, because I was Oh yes, teased. when you were a little girl, I know. I thought that I would, I was giving you a name that you wouldn't be teased by, but I, I think you were maybe a first grade and you came home one day crying. You were like, mommy, why did you give me this ugly name? And I said, ugly name, what's wrong? And she said, mommy, they're calling me Brooke the Crook. And I said, Brooke the Crook. So anyway, I said, I said, well, Brooke, you go back to school and you tell those people, those, you know, I didn't say haters, but I said, you tell those kids, your name is Brooke and you like books. And she gave me this blank, you gave me this blank look like, really, mom, you want me to run back and say, but anyway, but that's another reason why you have Brooke, don't judge a Brooke by its cover. Okay. And don't judge me, right? Right. right. Don't judge me because they don't know our story. Right, that's true. They don't know what we've been that, through. Hey, you know, that's true. That is so true. Hey, people always want to judge. That's so true. <laughs> okay, so next, I want to talk about basically our fan, our family journey. Oh, and let me give y'all a rundown. So I am not my mom's only child. It's me and my brother. We look like twins. Um, and I talk about we him on my podcast day. a lot. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> but yes, it's me and Jamal. And we are, my mom, my mom's a single mom. She raised us until, I mean, till now, obviously. And I'm 23 and Jamal's 22. So, but we were not always like this. So what about our family journey and you know, what, what do you have to say about the struggles and things like that? Because we've been through a lot. Okay. You did say something. I'm going to make a quick correction. It's um, Jamal and I, and also I was married and I got a divorce. Yes, I am. Because you said there's a difference between a single mom. Okay. So she's a single mom. She's a single mom mom that was divorced. I was married and both. She's a divorced mom. Right. And the reason why you look so much alike is because you both have the same father. Okay. That's it. Now, 
Where do you want me to start? <laughs> it wasn't easy. It, yes, it wasn't easy. Um, it's they say it takes a village, and it really does. I I can't say that I did it by myself. My mother was deceased, and her we were living. Both my children, Brooke and Jamal, were both born in South Carolina, and their grandparents helped out tremendously. And like I said, it did take a village. And with um, her grandmother is gone now, Dorothy Jones and Peter Jones, they did so much with the children. And yeah, I mean, I so, I feel like I agree, mommy, because um, I, I think I always say the never judge a brook, basically with our family. It's just I always say never judge me because you don't know where I've been, what I've been through. That's true. And a lot of people, they see me and Jamal now and they think, oh, they're so bougie or they so, they're so this and they're so that and they are so uppity. But it's like, you don't know. You know what I'm right. saying? And That's true. We I, have been through oh, a lot. So much. A lot. Yes. We So much. Like our family and our whole dynamic and not just because she was a single mom, but she lost her job and yes, she yes. was... You know, we ended up like car repossessed, homelessness. Like, this is yes, stuff that you know, I never tell anybody. I think the only person that actually knows any of this is my uh college roommate, and that's because we got really close. But I don't, you know what I'm right. saying? So, we've been through a lot, and people always tend to just I hate when people say that I'm bougie or they, when they say stuff because we've been through the struggle, the real type of struggle. So, you know, it is what it is, but. Anyway, you said what? I guess that just but goes we got back through to with- not judging a brook. Yeah, they can't judge you. You know, like you said, we were, you know, it's nothing to be proud of, but we were homeless. We went through a lot of ups and downs in our lives. And, you know, I was divorced when you guys were two and one. And according to Jamal, he looked at the divorce papers and he said, no, we were three and two. But anyway, we, we were split up and you know, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. I can tell you now. And like I said, and like Brooke said, a lot of people think that, oh, you have this and you have that, but we came a long way. There's something in the Bible and I'm going back. It says that your latter days shall be greater than your past. And these are our latter days because when, when they were two, when you have a two-year-old and a one-year-old, and I know there's some moms out there, single moms, divorced moms, whatever, just moms, period, that know that when you have children that close, they're 13 months apart. I had one on a sippy cup, one on a bottle, one in pull-ups and one in diapers. And I worked. I mean, I didn't stay. I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. I had to work. So I had to drop my children off. At first, their grandmother was keeping Brooke by herself. And then when I got pregnant with Jamal, she said, oh, no, I didn't keep her so you could have another baby. So I ended up with two. And she said, you have to put him in daycare. So I put them in daycare. But she was always going and getting them out of daycare. So they, they only got to stay in daycare a few hours. I was paying for for just a few hours. And sometimes when Jamal was really small, she would pick Brooke up and take Brooke with her. And Brooke would go on shopping sprees with her grandmother. So that's where she learned that shopaholic from. She didn't learn it from me because I put on a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt and wear the same thing all week if I could. But um, I was about to say, come on now. Very, um, you know, she had um, five boys and one girl. And so, and they, all their names begin with L. So anyway, and she just loved hanging out. Brooke was her favorite. She she never said that. She never said that. But Brooke said to herself, I'm grandma's favorite. I'm grandma's favorite. And she called her ladybug and she, her grandmother called her ladybug. So she just 
felt like she was the only one. I guess like she thinks, oh, you're the greatest mom in the world. Well, there are people out there that feel their moms are the greatest mom in the world. Everyone's mother. My mother was the greatest mom in the world. But I understand the love and I, I respect the fact that, like she said, she told the truth. We weren't always where we are now. We weren't, I wasn't driving a nice car that I have now. I wasn't living in this nice place that I have now. I didn't have money in the bank. We were struggling and it was hard. It was tough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I'm grateful for the things that we went through because I think it made Brooke and Jamal both better people. I know when they were in elementary school, I used to tell them, you guys are going to college. And they would look at me like, really, what are you talking about? And I said, you have three options. Either you're going to college, you're going into the military, or you're going to get a job. Or you get the job, and, and they would just. And what, what did you say? What did you say when you said, "And you're getting a job"? Oh, what? It, it was, and you're getting the job, and when you get the job at eighteen, right. it better be enough money, money to get out my to house. get out my house right I because didn't. you better get a good job because you can't get no job and stay in my house. That's, That's what she wrote. She said, "You're going to college, you're going to the military, or you're getting the job." And if you if you can't get no job in McDonald's. That's right. You choose. This is what she would say. You choose. And for your choices, there are consequences. So yes, you are going. Yes, I always to, well, mom, that, <laughs> hey, mom, that brings me to my next point. Uh, generational okay. curses. We both have broken some. And, yes. you know, mom, my mom pushed college on us, right? Because my mom I was like, I didn't, she didn't finish, but she went. And so she pushed college right. on it. I mean, pushed it. Like, Y'all need to go to college. Yeah. Like that, that is the end all be all. You want to make some money in this world. You want to get a job. You're black kids in this world. You need to go to college. And I think her dad, and you can speak from this, her dad pushed high school on her because yeah. he didn't finish high school. And so me right. and my mom are generational curse breakers. I'm the first with a college degree from my immediate family. And my mom is the first from her immediate family or not the first, but she did break her generational curse by her dad telling her, you need to finish high school. So you want to speak on that a little bit? Uh, Yes, I won't take long on this. Yeah, my dad had an eighth grade education. He dropped out and joined the army. And then my mom had an 11th grade education. She dropped out, but she eventually went back to school in her late thirties. I mean, I was in middle school or high school. I I don't remember exactly. I have three sisters. They could probably tell you, but they, we... Uh, my mom, we helped her go, get through nursing school and she became a nurse. I mean, she took classes and she became a nurse and she worked. So, but college does make it, it. It's not necessarily college. It can be a trade school. It could just be learning something, you know, a skill. But my thing is now it's not about how much money you make. It's what you do with it. I really believe that I would, I'm not going to push college, push college. I pushed it on them because I really wanted to go. I had a, I have an older sister who told me, that I wouldn't be anything if I didn't go to college. Now, this is what she told me years ago. And I listened to her and she said, you have to go to college. I mean, you have to make something of yourself. You can't just go through high school. Because I made A's and B's in high school. I really wanted to be a nurse like my mom. And in college. And in co- yes, and I did go to college. I went to two colleges, as a matter of fact. I went to the University of the District of Columbia and also St. Augustine's College here in North Carolina and dropped out and got married. But that's another story. Okay, bye. That's <laughs> and not to my dad hey yeah. hey watch it no i didn't you, you better tell it you better tell it <laughs> okay okay how many viewers do you have listening to this don't, don't. <laughs> i can drive up to Merlin no but, 
Okay. <laughs> but no, she, yeah, she did. But she pushed it on us and I commend it. I still commend her for that to this day because I wouldn't be who I was. I think she pushed me a little bit harder. And I think, yeah, I wouldn't be who I am because she pushed me a little bit harder when it came to grades. I remember showing her my report card and I would have like all A's and a B. Or no, no, no. Wouldn't it be like a B, mom? And she would say. Yes, it would be a B. (laughs) It would be a B. I would have all A's and a B. And she would say, well, what's the B in? Well, why would you get What's the B? B? <laughs> Brooke, we don't we don't get B. We get A. Right. You have to get an A. And with my brother, no shade on Jamal, because I know Jamal gonna be like, Well, y'all talking about me and I wasn't there. We got we might have to do one with all three of us. But Jamal would <laughs> Jamal would bring home B's, C's, and she would just love on him. Oh, Jamal, I'm so glad that you got A's and B, uh, B's and C's. Oh, Jamal, I'm so oh proud God. of you. And I would go in my room and just be so upset because I would just be like, Mom, are you serious right now? And I think now I appreciate that because I think she's seen something in me. She said, that she, what did you say, Mom? I used to have this poster that said, uh, Dream, it was a, Dream a, a Rottweiler. And it said, dream big. Yes. And it was a puppy and it had, you could see the paws and she picked it out herself. She was in elementary school in South Carolina and she, they had a, a book, uh, was it a book sale or something? Anyway, she saw this poster. Yeah, like a book she, fair. Yeah. Yes. A book fair. And she didn't even purchase a book. She purchased this huge poster that said dream big. And this little puppy was there, but you could see the paws and they were huge. So I put it up in her room, you know, and she just, that's what we, I said, you see how tiny that puppy is? I said, but one of these days it's going to grow and be a big, huge dog. So you're right. You have to dream big and you have to reach for the moon and the stars. You know, people say, oh, you reach for the moon. Well, reach for the stars. And if you fall, if you don't get one, at least you'll land on something, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And when we moved, we used to move oh, a lot yeah. because of my, due to my mom's job. We moved to how many, we moved to like four different states in one yes. year. Yes. And I I remember uh, my mom, she like fought for us on this. She was like, uh, every time we move back to the poster real quick, every time we move, that poster would be either, we would keep it with us. We would keep yes, it with us yes. because eventually when we got settled in North Carolina, that's where we, now everybody thinks I'm from Raleigh, but that's where we, uh, we, you know, we finally got settled in North Carolina. That poster was up, but I had kept it all the way from each move until yeah. we were, until our final you know destination which was north carolina and i just remember her saying you want to dream big well you dream big that's what you want that's what you're gonna do but yeah she fought my mom fought for us on that um when we were moving and stuff so the one thing we didn't mention but has gotten us through this all the way through this is god oh yeah oh yes oh yes our family journey Come on now, our family journey with God. Yes, yes, I have a strong, yes, without God, I mean, I know some people just don't believe in God or they don't have as, but I have so much faith. I know that it was nothing but God that got us this far. You know, like I said, and speaking things into existence. I know you hear that all the time and, you know, but my dad was a deacon in church. So I grew up in church, even though as I got older, I fought it, you know, um, you know, he would take us to church every time the church doors were open. We were there Friday nights, Wednesday nights, Saturdays, Sunday. I mean, we were in church all week. And I grew up in a rough, I grew up in Washington, D.C. 
And we started out in Northwest Washington off of Georgia Avenue. I know some people from DC know where that is. Um, up the street from Howard University Hospital. And across the street from Howard University Hospital was a church that I used to attend, Church of God in Christ. Anyway, and so I actually uh, grew up in a very, very religious, very strict environment. So, and growing up in a rough neighborhood and then having to go to church and get teased and talked about and everything. So I tried to, like I said, I fought it as, as much as I could, especially when I got, when I became older. I ran from it. I was like, I'm not going to church. I'm not taking my children to church. I'm not praying to God, you know, and then an incident happened where, you know, there's something in, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, pray, ask, and you shall have it. Seek and you shall find not. And my mother passed away. Well, before she passed, she was sick and I was praying and asking God to heal her. And she was only in her fifties. And I was saying, Lord, just heal my mother. You know, don't let her die. I'm asking you, God. And my mother died. And I really got upset. So I did a total turnaround. I did a U-turn and I just went back the other way. I was just like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that's it. Because, you know, I prayed for my mother to live and she died. And that's the worst thing that can happen is for you to, you know, but I wasn't living the life. I wasn't, and it wasn't that he didn't answer my prayer. When we all have a death date, everyone does. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. When it's your time to die, God, the Lord, whoever, I don't know who you believe in or whatever you believe in, but when it's your time to die, you're going to die. And, you know, you can push it faster by doing things to abuse your temple, your body, but hopefully, you know, you get wise and (laughs) like I did, you wise up and you stop doing some things (laughs) because if not, no, because yeah, (laughs) she, she definitely, uh, I don't know she used to tell us about her 360 and about we never I never got to meet grandma Claudette which is my mom's mom but she used to tell us about grandma Claudette and the thing about it is she mom put us in church and so she so I guess her 360 it happened right again because she was right back at them doors and I guess she found herself (laughs) she found herself through that because we definitely Jamal, she now let me t- ooh, let me tell you about somebody with some faith. Jamal, Jamal Xavier Bennett is like the example of what God looks at when He looks at faith. Jamal will listen to gospel, getting ready to go out. Like he is just to me, and that's just my per- my perception of my brother. Pray and so, um, okay, <laughs> pray pray on his way to the party. Pray at the party. Pray, pray after the party, the party while he's praying pray on his way out the party. <laughs> but that's that's Jamal right. and you know people have prayed and they just seen his faith I remember we used to go to church every Sunday and they would pastors would look at Jamal and say oh you're gonna be a pastor and they would look at me and say mm-hmm mm-hmm they would never say nothing about me they would speak so highly of Jamal and his walk with Christ and they would look at me and just life. say mm Right. They say, Jamar, you got a call on your life. And they would look at me and go, mm. I'd be like, what the world? Okay. <laughs> but I think my faith grew stronger when my, cause at first I, I think I was similar to my mom. I just, when we got the option, we got a little bit older. I got the option. I didn't go. I just was like, I don't have, she didn't, she gave us the option if we wanted to go, if we didn't want to go. And I just wouldn't go. But let me tell you, my faith got stronger. My mom was in the hospital about two years ago, right? Two years 18, ago. 18. Yeah. Actually, three, almost three years ago. Almost three years ago, and it was very bad. I was in college. Jamal was in college. Um, We got a call saying that they don't know what's what's happening, that she went to the ER, 
And then they told her that they were going to put her in a unit. And then they put, I came home. I took a train, which was my first time ever. I don't take public transportation. Now I do. But at first I was bougie, bougie. Okay. Even though I don't like being called. I don't, I do not, I did not take no train, but I ended up hopping on the train to get to see my mom. Cause I just had something in my spirit saying that it was not good. So we, I went down there, I stayed the night with her and she was in a regular unit. And then all of a sudden they sent her to ICU. She couldn't breathe. She couldn't, everything was just quick. It was quick. It's like shut down everything. And that, that gave me some faith. I think I was, I was just really nervous uh, just because she was sitting in ICU. And I've heard this story about her mom all the time and how she prayed for her mom and how her mom didn't make it out. And her mom was 50. So my mom is my mom is older. She had us at an older age, which we'll talk about a little later. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh-uh. I can't, I was like, I, I just can't do this. So I was, I was, me and Jamal were in, she was in ICU for a week. And if you've ever been in ICU, then you know that, that week feels like months. That week feels like months. Everybody around my mother, Jamal was praying. Jamal never, he stayed in the chapel at the hospital and I stayed in my mom's room. I was singing songs to her. Some songs I can't even listen to right now because it still brings back memories. Um, so she's a walking, breathing memory. memory. She couldn't, she had to remember how to walk again. Um, they had they had her tubes all up on her, breathing all up, breathing tubes and kidneys failing and she's able if you see my mom she's able to walk she's able to run that mouth which I don't think God will ever let her <laughs> stop doing and, and she she's walking and talking but let me tell you my faith got definitely got closer with God because I was in that emergency room and I prayed and I just kept praying and I kept praying and I just it was it was very hard for me and Jamal will tell you it was also hard for her I mean mommy do you have anything? She had pancreatitis. So. And as the patient, you don't see yourself. You just, you know, and people were coming in and out. They were praying for me. Um, I think um, I'm not perfect. I don't do everything right. Um, before that, the night before I was out drinking, I was on a drinking binge for some reason. But anyway, I was out celebrating and um, just doing some things that I had gone back to, which I had really thought that I had gotten away from, but I had not, I guess. Anyway, temptation is real and you can succumb to it at any time or point in your life. So I was um, in my old age as Bruce, <laughs> I was drinking, just, you know, drinking tequila. I mean, straight tequila and just taking shots and drinking, just drinking the night before. And then I got up that morning and was actually on my way to church. It was on a Sunday in September. She don't miss church. No, though. I don't miss church. Even if I stay up all night drinking or partying, I'm going to church. I guess Jamal got that, honestly. But anyway, so to make a long story short, I got up that morning to go to church and I was getting ready and I could not. I, you know, my body was shutting down on me. And so um, I called a good friend of mine and I'm not going to mention her name, but I called a good friend of mine and I told her, no, I didn't call her. Brooke actually called her because Brooke was in undergrad then. And she called her and told her something's wrong with my mom. Could you go by and see her? And she and her husband came by and took me to the hospital. And um, I remember that. I remember it was on Sunday. I had my clothes still laid out on the bed and everything. And I went to the hospital and I don't remember any. I was out of it for four days, for four days. When I woke up again, um, I, I remember going to the ER. I remember giving them my um, insurance card. And then the next time I woke up, it was four days later. 
And when the nurse asked you, what's your name? What's your date of birth? And I gave her my name, gave her my date of birth. And she said, what day is it? And I said, it's Monday. Cause I knew I had come in on Sunday and she said, no, ma'am. And I said, it's Tuesday. Anyway, I had missed a couple of days out of my life. It was Thursday. And Brooke started crying and Jamal said, I'm going to the chapel to pray. And I remember him leaving with that orange Bible and he just walked out and then the tears just started flowing because I didn't realize that I had been out for that long. And so at that time, you know, I didn't even know I was on dialysis because I had already been when I was under. They asked the children, you know, they said, your mom's kidneys are failing. We need to put your mom on dialysis. What are you going to do? And Brooke and Jamal were like, well, I had just put my dad. Let me run back some. My dad um, passed away two years before that. And I had to go up to D.C. and put him on dialysis. And I told Brooke and Jamal, I said, do not. I don't care what happens to me. Do not put me on dialysis. Well, that was in their brains. So here's this doctor saying, and I'm in my 50s. And they're saying, my, my dad was 85. And and Brooke, the doctor asked him, he said, well, look, your mom's kidneys are shutting down. We need to do something. Brooke and Jamal were like, no, she doesn't want to go on dialysis. And he's like, well, does she have a DNR in place? And then they were like, no. And Brooke was getting help from some friends and nurses and people that were reaching out and helping, you know, that village. There's that village again, helping. And so Mm -hmm. anyway, to make a long story short, Brooke had to make a decision and she had to make a decision quick. I also told them, and I'm glad that they remembered this, do not sign anything unless you read over it. So they hand her paper saying, okay, we need to do this and do it right now. Brooke says she was sitting there reading it and she was just nervous. And she was like, the doctor was like, ma'am, we need to put your mom on dialysis like right now, because once the kidneys start shutting down, and I don't know if there are any nurses out there or doctors listening or anything, but once those kidneys start shutting down, the rest of the body starts to shut down. So she had to sign without reading and she was so upset, but thank God I made it through. Thank God she didn't listen to some of the things I tell her. <laughs> Most of the things I tell her. <laughs> well, me and Jamal talked about it. Yeah. Me and Jamal talked about it and Jamal prayed. And, you know, Jamal is like, at first I was thinking, you know, Jamal wasn't, Jamal, Jamal was there and I was like, Jamal, I need, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't. And Jamal was like, well, I don't know. She never, she told me not to do it. You know, don't sign it. But we prayed about it. And when I signed it, and I'm so glad I did because she was on dialysis and she was off dialysis. And that's a miracle because a lot of people that are on dialysis, they stay on dialysis. They, you know, they have to continue to go back and forth, but she was on there for maybe, I want to say maybe a couple of days. She was in ICU for a week. She was in PCU, which is the progressive care unit for a week. Look, I know every, I know every medical term. I know every sound of the, the things. And it was crazy because people were dying around us. So that's what scared yes. me. Oh, that- it was like, the next, yeah. the hosp- the room next to us, a lady died. The other room, Jamal made friends with this older lady and her husband. Her husband died. Somebody else died. And it was like pop, 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 popcorn. But my mom's room, she stayed alive. And this other lady's room who we met, she had the same illness as my mom. And she was in the hospital for 70 some days. Seven, and I'm still cool with her husband to, to this day. And she was in that hospital for set. And I promise you, I was like, I can't get out of school for 70 some days. Oh, I feel like I'm about to cry. I said, I can't stay out of school for 70 some days. Like, you know, that I just can't do it. And I didn't want to leave. I did not want to leave. Jamal had to force me. She finally got down the progressive care unit and Jamal had to force me to leave. And my pastor, I remember him saying, Brooke, you got to go. You got to leave. You got to go to school. You got to. And I said, I don't want to go back to school. And if you've ever had a parent in the hospital or an ICU or anything like that, your whole dimensions change, like your whole mindset change. It's like now when she calls me, she could just be calling me to say hi. And I'm like, what's wrong? 
are you okay? Is everything okay? And I'm calling her 24 seven, which she does not like now because she's like, I'm a grown woman. It happened two <laughs> years ago. I call her like, I'll be like, mom, are you taking your medicine? Mom, are you, are you doing this? Because I feel like I was so comfortable within my life. I was out. She was out the same night I was out. Jamal was out the same night. We didn't think this could happen. You know what I'm saying? So watch, watch for your parents. We're going to go to a next subject topic before we start crying, but watch out for your parents because when they get older, you know, they don't take care. And I think my mom, it hit her because we were, we are literally, not literally all she has, but me and Jamar are like her people. And we ended up leaving. We went to school and both of us were gone. So I don't know. She found, she hung out with the wrong people at the wrong time and ended up in the hospital. And so now I think that even takes me and Jamal's drinking habits. We don't drink the way we used to. Okay. Cause we used to throw it down, <laughs> but we don't do that. No we still drink. But, uh, but nobody. Uh, we still drink, just not that much. <laughs> but yeah, right. so I, I, I definitely want wanted to get into that. So, mom, oh, yes, go ahead, go ahead, mom, go ahead. I'm finished. No, I just wanted to say that. Um, no, I noticed you said your when your parents get older, not only the older people but younger people as well. I never thought that I would meet um, young people that started out drinking very young, and now they're not even 25, and they're in situations where they're on dialysis, uh, their liver is failing. So just take care of your body. You know, whatever you do, do it in moderation. That's what I'm not saying, you know, but whatever you do, try to do it in moderation. Um, the heavy drinking is, like I said, I didn't start out that night. I didn't do it the night before I went into the hospital. I had been drinking for years. And if anyone knows me, you know, I would drink like a lot and drink every day. So, um, you know, but now, thank goodness, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm in AA. I've been in AA over almost two years. It hasn't been easy. Um, the first 30 days was crazy. And, this, and and I didn't start right after I got out of the hospital. It took me a year later to, to get into AA. And the doctors were telling me, ma'am, well, you need to go. And I'm like, I'm not an alcoholic. No, I'm, are you serious? You know, and then Brooke and Jamal reminded me, mom, you are. And you drink every day. And I'm like, but I go to work. Socially, we used to say socially. Yeah, they would say you socially. Here. She wasn't. It's not like she was drinking like forties, uh, and you know, no. she would just pour a glass of wine in her Olivia Pope right, glass. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we call Olivia Pope if you ever see Scandal, right. and she would pour she would pour her her wine in her glass, and you know, she would pour another glass. So oh. we would say you're a social drinker. Right. Um, but you know now. And then, you know, it's so crazy. After her hospital experience, I had my 21st birthday. And that was a oh, lot yeah. of, that was tempting because it was a lot of alcohol surrounding my mom. Because, um, you know, right. now I took my mom on my my birthdays with me, excuse me. So she, we had fun, but she didn't drink. You didn't drink on my, she didn't drink on my birthday, no. So, you no, know, I we enjoyed and had fun. Yeah. And now, now in solidarity, on it happened in September and I remember the year after that September I didn't drink for 30 days and I try I'm gonna I'm trying to keep that up on every September for 30 days the month of September I don't drink I don't care if it's a birthday party I don't care what it is but it's just in solidarity of what my mom had to go through and with her pancreas and the, the situation that I went through and so I remember and I lasted 30 days too I did and, you know, me and Jamal tried it. Jamal, we're praying for him. He's, keep, you know, keep him in prayer. <laughs> but we both tried to do it for 30, for 30 days. Right. And um, 
but yeah, we definitely we we don't we don't play with that. We don't play with our mom. So, yeah. mom, I know you're from the DMV yes. area. Well, you from DC. You ain't from the DMV area, but you from, from DC. DC. It wasn't the DMV, right? I'm from Washington DC. It wasn't the no DMV. DMV. Back then. No. So, how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel with me moving up here? It's a 360. Right. Brooke was always the one, you know, that I thought would never. Jamal always said when he was growing up, he was going to move to New York or New Jersey. He always said that when he was younger. And Brooke never mentioned anything about living in the Washington, D.C. area. So, you know, I would take them up there every holiday. Like when we would go on vacations, Fourth of July, you know, we would go up and my cousins, they would drive or friends and relatives they would drive up to Maryland buy fresh crabs bring and cook crabs and we watch the fireworks and everything or you know Christmas I took them up during the Christmas um, season to DC to see the um, national Christmas tree and then to take them downtown and they have smaller well they used to they used to have smaller trees from every state so they would have 50 smaller trees and I let them find their tree uh, South Carolina and you know, so I always took them up there. And every time we went, you know, I'd always buy T-shirts and get like, we'd act like tourists. Well, they acted like tourists. I wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I grew up there. So I know, but it's changing. It's, uh, you know, it's going through gentrification. Uh, I remember growing up off of East Capitol Street in Northeast Washington, and we couldn't get pizza delivered to our home. I mean, this is, if you could get it delivered, but you had to go out to the car and take the money to the driver. And if you weren't out there in a certain amount of time, the driver would pull off because- Because of the circumstances. Right. This ain't DoorDash, y'all. This yeah, ain't DoorDash. Wasn't DoorDash. This is oh, no, baby, this wasn't DoorDash. This was just, you know, if you, in that neighborhood, you just certain neighborhoods in Washington. And now I drive up there now, uh, the high rise has been torn down on East Capitol Street. They have $750,000 um, townhomes. They've torn down all the- projects and all the, you know, and and they're changing. And, you know, when I was growing up, my neighborhood, because they called D.C. Chocolate City. So therefore, there weren't many Caucasian people, white people. I call them, They weren't living there. They weren't. There were no, it was just all black, all Chocolate City. It was, you know, and I found that. I, and go, go. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go, go. I said go, oh, go. Go, go. Yeah, listening to go, go. But anyway, so, um, you know, I grew up listening to Go-Go. She threw that in there. But they were going to, they were saying that they wanted that band from D.C. And that's all we listened to growing up was Chuck Brown and EU and, you know, Experience Unlimited and all these different bands that were coming out. The Junkyard Band, zada, yada, 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 yada. But anyway, and no, but I, I just, I don't want to stay on that too long. But I just want to say that now it's changing. The gentrification, they're moving so how do you feel about me being up here? I don't really, at first I didn't like it. You seem to be comfortable with it, especially you were moving during the pandemic. And that just, kind of, you know, I mean, it hadn't started. No, it hadn't started yet. Yes, it had. The pandemic had already started. Yeah. And you, you know, you had to move up there. You didn't look at the apartment before you bought it, you know, and, and I was kind of nervous, but I had to stretch out on my faith and just believe that, you know, if that's where you were supposed to be, then everything was going to work out. And so far it has, you know, so far it has. So, do you like do you like that I'm gone or like how do you feel about me in like in grad school and uh, how do you feel like what do you what do you think about I'm, I'm proud of, of you I am so so proud of you I'm glad that you decided to go to grad school 
um, American University wouldn't have been my choice, but it was your choice. And, you know, I just, I knew some people that went there, um, friends of mine that went there to undergrad, not graduate school. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm proud of you because you're independent. And you, I, I don't want you to be so independent that you don't ask for help if you need it. But I just appreciate the fact that you, you know, you're making it, you're doing the thing, you're doing it. And I was getting ready to say something else, but leave <laughs> that alone. Say it, mom. Well, say, it. say it. We real. We real. Okay, we raw. This is uncut. You're doing a damn thing, and I just, I'm, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad about the fact that every time I think about that little puppy that was on that poster that said "Dream Big," you're doing it. You, you're dreaming big, and you're going for it. And I can see you doing big things, really big things. And you know, I'm just hoping and praying. I'm just grateful that God gave me a chance to be a part of it. You know, and um, come on, somebody. You know, I'm just, come on. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your brother. But I'm definitely, I'm glad that I pushed you the way that I did. I told you, you know, A's and B's will get you places. You know, don't settle for C's and don't settle for. Cause C gets you, Q gets you from Q where? gets you from C to E. C to E. <laughs> but your brain, but your brain, your brain you will keep That's you there. Right. She used to tell me that all yeah. the time. She would say, Brooke. You trying to get cute? Cute only gets you from C to E. That's right. But your brain, your brain, your brain is what gets you there. <laughs> okay, it okay. gotta be smart, bro. Okay, time is. <laughs> is there a timer? Do you have a timer? Okay. Yes, I have a timer, mother. Okay, okay so uh, <laughs> basically, what is some things that you're doing now to get your groove back? Because me and Jamal are now gone. And now it is, you know, it's you because this is your life. It's, it's you trying to figure it out. Jamal's about to graduate college. I've already graduated. We're going to enter in these new chapters of our lives. What are some things that you're doing to, you know, get your groove back? Finding, finding out Emma and just some gems that you can drop to people that are trying to find themselves and, you, you know, just what you got. Okay. Once your children, you have that emptiness, and I'm in the emptiness stage now. I'm taking better care of myself. I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm gonna say that a couple of weeks ago, I had a couple of scares because I started eat, going back to eating what I wanted and doing what I wanted to do. But now, I have uh, quiet times. You know, uh, Brooke buys these candles. Can I mention a name? Well, anyway, she buys some candles, stress-free candles, and she brought me some of those. So I light those, and you know, I um, drink tea. I drink more tea and I'm now um, I'm walking more. I'm trying to exercise and get myself in shape. I want to start traveling because I never had the chance to travel because I was raising my children and I was working two jobs and I was, you know, doing this and paying bills and back and forth and this and that. And so anyway, now that I don't have to, it's easier paying for one person at a dinner Uh, for dinner than three. And I'll tell anyone that. So I'm able to save more money. I'm able to do some things like get my nails done, manicure, pedicures, you know. And stay fly. Trying to stay fly. And anyway, and so I just take my time. I try to take care of me. I like to read. And even though I don't finish the books, I know Brooke is going to hear her mom. She looks like, oh, I, um, I have books all around my house. And some of these books, I purchased a lot of them when they were younger. And I never got a chance to just sit back and read those books because I was always on the grind. I was always on the grind. I was, you know, going here, going there, paying bills, doing this, doing that. So now I'm able to sit back and relax and read those books. Um, Sometimes you have to 
you have to get confident in yourself, have enough confidence that you can go places by yourself. I'm not going to say I want to be by myself for the rest of my life. I wouldn't mind getting married again. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. So <laughs> no, if you got, no, if you got a daddy. I'm just kidding. But I would. Emma is fine. Oh, fine. <laughs> her age. She is fine. Girl, fine. But anyway, I, I really um, do. You have to love yourself first. And I'm at that because before I didn't love myself. I didn't love my body. I didn't love my hair. I didn't love this or that about me. I was always finding fault in myself. But now I'm very confident in myself. I always thought that, you know, if you don't have a degree, then you're nothing. And I'm not saying that to people. If you have a degree, fine. That's who you are. But I have a sticky note that says, um, don't tell anyone what you're doing until it's done on my on my mirror. And I, I do. I live by that because. You know, when when you start telling people your next step or your next move is so many doubt that's in their mind and so many. And it could be family, it could be friends, whoever. And so I do do that because, like, I have big dreams for my life and I don't tell people my dreams for my life. Like, I know where I want to see myself and I hope it aligns with God's vision. But I don't want to tell anybody because it's, you know, it's my it's my journey and my life. And I know a lot of people were, you know, tripping out when I said I didn't want to be a lawyer. And that affected me as well. But it's just like, I don't see that for myself. And I think God has directed me right where I need to be. I'm happy. Like you said, I'm happy with where I'm at currently because I can look and see it's 23 year olds buying Lamborghinis. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's stuff going on, but I'm grateful for where I'm at because right now I know that right now I'm on the path of, of greatness and it's, it can only get better from here. It can only go up from here. So, you know, and it's just crazy, but uh, before we end, we're gonna head out soon. I just want to say, you know, uh, if you have any advice and anything that you can say to to parents, to young young children, to people that are, you know, have been through some of the stuff that you've been through with, you know, I see you, you you're the single mom, and all that. Just all, yeah. Oh, mommy, you're welcome, girl. Oh, Lord, don't don't give people the nickname. But no, <laughs> she used to always tell me this too shall pass. And I believe in that so much that I have it tattooed on my body because this too shall pass. Um, we, We've been through so much and I don't tell people my story. I don't have to. You don't need to know. And we this was look, this was a brief. We ain't really get into it. You know how we could have. Right. But this is brief. And, you know, and I don't let people know what I come from because I don't need to let you know what I come from. But I know that this too shall pass. So whatever situation that you're currently in, whatever you're going through, it could be with relationships, friendships, you know, loneliness, anything like that. You will get through it, like my mom said. And she's put that on me and my brother so much that that's what we believe. You know, we definitely believe that you can get through whatever you're going through. I have moments where I call her crying, where I call her sad. She has moments where she's sad. And we continue to know that we will get through it. And the first thing that she always says is, breathe, just breathe. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. So, you know, whatever y'all going through, but I just want to say, Thank you, mom. This is my queen. This is my mom. I call her my best friend, but she always reminds me that she's not my friend. But uh, this, she's my mother, not my friend. But this is like, she's my best friend. So, um, and I've, I've realized that all these friends that have left me, it doesn't matter what me and my mom go through. I can always call her and ask her for advice. So she, she is my person. And obviously since her 
illness or whatever, I talk to her at least three to four times a day. And I'm going to keep doing it. So I love you, mommy. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. And and thanks for supporting. Right. Because she sends my podcast to everybody she knows. So thanks for supporting. <laughs> All right. So that was a little longer than normal, but I hope you guys stuck around. This week's women-owned business is Creative Editions. Creative Editions is a small business offering services to people who need any type of writing content, ranging from resumes, cover letters, business plans, personal statements, and much more. This is from my friend, Heavenly York. I love her. She's one of the best writers ever that I know. Um, But Creative Editions encourages and prepares and motivates people to invest in their profession or craft now in order to prepare for what to come in the future. Um, Definitely check her out. Her Instagram is oh hey hev, and I will definitely put that in the description below. But you know, you can get a resume, a cover letter, revamp, edit, all of that for little to nothing. And she's a great, great writer. So definitely check her out. All right, y'all. So I'm about to head out. Um, I just want to say definitely follow our Instagram and do the selfie care challenge at Never Judge a Brook Pod. Also, you can email us or anything like that at Never Judge brook at gmail.com and leave a rating and a review under our podcast if you enjoyed this one or any of my podcasts and remember never judge anyone because you do not know their story